everybody, welcome to another episode of Nostalgia in Now with Laguna Biatch. As always, it is your host, Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to say thank you guys over the past week on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts in the U.S. We charted at 128, which is super high. I am really excited, so thank you guys for listening. I know that with reviews and subscribing and all of that, that really helps us chart. So I just want to, again, say thank you because as an independent podcast it is really cool to know that we can do stuff like this I mean yeah I mean Ryan Bailey who's been on the podcast a bunch or I've been on his a bunch he's been on mine a couple times he also is an independent podcaster so is Danny Pellegrino it's just it's really exciting to see that there are these podcasters who edit do everything themselves that are really making a name for podcasters everywhere how many times did I just say podcast in that little sentence take a shot every time I just said podcast rewind (laughs) listen and drink every time I say that word but seriously thank you guys for tuning in as As always, like I said, it's your host, Kelly. And this week, something actually really cool has happened. I told you guys my family has kind of been going through a lot these past few months. I can't talk about it legally. And honestly, when I say that, it makes me feel like I'm putting up an away message that's like, upset, don't text. Like, I I just can't talk about it and it sucks, but I'd like to keep you guys in the loop with what's going on with my life. And somebody actually asked me, they were like, you used to talk about how your week was more. And honestly, I just feel like we live in Groundhog's Day. But something really, really incredible happened today. Unfortunately, last night, my mom had a tough night. As you guys know, she is an alcoholic. I've spoken about it freely before. But today, she actually, I want to get choked up. I might cry a little. She actually called and she is going to rehab for the first time ever. She has actually, you know, taken responsibility. She is going to a detox center for, I think, 10 days. And then she plans on going to an inpatient rehab for a month. So I am so proud of her. And I know there have been moments where people have reached out to me asking to talk about, you know, my relationship with her and all these things. And like I said, last night was a tough night for her. And I was ready to cut her out of my life. I was ready to just say, you know, we can't keep doing this. I can't do this anymore. But then she called me and told me what she was doing, and I'm so proud of her. So I guess never lose hope. I feel like I'm someone who was just about to lose hope on my mom, but luckily I don't have to. Um, I feel really lucky that she chose this because you can't help someone who doesn't want help. But I just want to share that. Um, That's probably the most person I've been in a little bit on the podcast, probably, other than the funny stories. I don't mind sharing funny stories, but sometimes, sometimes life gets really, really hard. And I feel like we are all kind of like, I don't want to burden you with my issues when really it's not a burden. I mean, (laughs) talking about some of it on the podcast, I'm like, "Mm, I probably shouldn't do that. But even with your friends and things like that, never feel like you're a burden. I am someone who feels like that a lot because my life is so crazy. I was saying the other day, I was like, it's like a Lifetime movie, except it's not funny anymore. Like it's not that bad Lifetime movie comedy that we all No one loves so much. I'm like, no, now it's just like not funny. But yeah, I wanted to share that with you guys. I know that I've talked about her, her issues a lot. So I'm just really proud of her. That's all I can say. Last week, I felt like there wasn't a lot of pop culture stuff. I can't lie. I feel like last week, my, my little pop culture brunch that I like to call it was a little bit shorter. 
But this week, man, we got a lot of stuff. I promise I'm not going to talk about Madison from Southern Charm this week. I want to take a week off from Madison. Not much has changed other than she said that she didn't physically cheat with J-Lo, uh, with A-Rod, sorry, not with J-Lo. So, I mean, I guess that they just dirty texted or had FaceTime dates, whatever the case may be, I don't know. But that is where we're at with her. I'm going to leave her back, though. I'm not going to talk about her. But I mean, Kristen did some stuff this week that always gets people talking. There's some Hills reboot update. There's some Jason Waller news that I'm sure a lot of you have seen. Again, I like to record this on Sundays. And I think some of that came out on like Tuesday. And I was like, I don't have, I can't do an extra episode this week. I'm sorry, guys. But this week is jam-packed with everything from Jana Kramer talking her shit to Morgan Wallen being the worst to the Britney documentary that is on Hulu. And I know, um, I don't know if it's just Canada that doesn't get Hulu. There have been some people who've asked me how to watch it, but I know it's on YouTube. If you look it up on YouTube, it's there in all different parts. And I think you can watch it no matter where you're located. So highly recommend watching that. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast. Just a reminder, if you are a new listener or if you've been listening for a really long time, I have added timestamps to the about me section, or not about me, oh my god, to the description section of the podcast so you can jump around, listen to what you want to listen to. Hopefully we get you for the whole time, but if you only want to listen to certain things, I totally understand that. Okay, welcome to Total Request Live, where it's not live, there are no requests, but we're still gonna have fun. The top 10 shows on Netflix this past week, and honestly, I was thinking about it. I was like, are these... He's only like recommended towards me, but I think this is a top 10 for everybody in the United States, at least. If you're not in the United States, I apologize. This is for the US Netflix only. The shows are coming in at number 10, Space Sweepers, 9, Go Dog Go, 8, Coco Melon, 7, The Dig, 6, Finding Ohana, 5, All About the Benjamins, 4, The Sinner, 3, Bridgerton, Two, Malcolm and Marie, which I really want to watch. And one is Firefly Lane. And it has Katherine Heigl in it. Justice for Katherine Heigl. I feel like she really got ripped apart in Hollywood for a little bit. I mean, she did like want to turn in her Golden Globe nomination. So maybe that wasn't cool. But yeah, I think Katherine Heigl has really been put through the ringer in Hollywood. So the top iTunes songs in the US. <laughs> I wish I could find like a worldwide one. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. But at number 10, Sand in My Boots by Morgan Wallen. And don't worry, we are going to talk about Morgan Wallen. Don't you worry about it. Number nine, Glad You Exist by Dan and Shay. Eight, Whiskey Glasses by Morgan Wallen. Seven, Wasted on You by Morgan Wallen. Six, Canceled by Tom McDonald. Five, Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. Four, More Than My Hometown by Morgan Wallen. Three, It's Still Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. I mean, that has really stood the test of time. You would have thought it'd be knocked out at this point. Super Bowl's tonight, and I do expect his music to really jump because he does have good songs. I like his older music better, but The Weeknd does have some real bops, and I'm assuming when he's in front of one of the biggest stages in the world, most watched stages, I think. I could be wrong. Anyway, I do think he's gonna probably have a few more songs in the iTunes charts. Number two is Fake Woke by Tom McDonald. And number one is Up by Cardi B. So those are the top 10 on iTunes. And I also saw that Haley Williams has a new album out. Of course, she's the lead singer of Paramore. And it's very different than Paramore. I need to listen to it. I'll listen to it while I'm working, like this upcoming week. But I will report back because I listened to a few 
clips of songs and it's very different but I really like it. I like Hayley Williams. I feel like she has a lot of really like a fun vibe about her and I used to love her orange hair. Obviously, that was a long time ago, but I like her. I like everything she's about. She used to live in this really old house in Franklin, Tennessee, and I suggest you Google it because it's like three floors, but two floors are underground, and I don't think I would like that. I mean, I would love to live in a big house, but I don't think I would like having two full floors underground. And I kind of put together a little list of what I recommend to watch, and then I realized a lot of it's on Hulu, and I was like, shit, people from other countries can't watch it. I'm so sorry that this is so heavily favoring the US. But everyone is doing great, that's on Hulu. I know Steven and James said they're trying to figure out how to get it to as many people as possible. Booksmart is free on Hulu, but it might be on Amazon Prime too. Booksmart is a really funny movie. Jonah Hill's sister's in it. It's directed by Olivia Wilde. It's just like, it reminds me of Superbad. It's very Superbad, but with girls and I really like it. Looking for Alaska, also on Hulu. Britney Runs a Marathon is a movie on Amazon, and I really suggest it. I think it's a fantastic movie. I absolutely love it. It made me cry, feel good movie. Beautiful Boy is also on Amazon Prime, and it's one of the saddest movies you'll ever see, but one of the most well-done movies. Like, I watched it once, cried for two hours. I never want to watch it again unless I really need to cry. And on Netflix, I haven't really been watching Netflix that much lately. I feel like I've just been over it. I don't know. I haven't been watching a ton of TV in general, but Holiday I thought was really funny. I know that's on Netflix. And I really do want to watch Malcolm and Marie, so I'll probably watch that at some point. I can't promise if it'll be in the next week, but I promise to report back on it. And then I wanted to do my top 10, my top 10 grocery store songs. These are the songs that you hear when you're just going down the aisle, picking up your box of pasta, picking up some sauce, living the life. But when you hear this song, it transports you. You're no longer just in a grocery store. You're in a grocery store listening to really good music. So number 10, Tearing Up My Heart by NSYNC. I feel like I hear it a lot when I'm not only grocery shopping, but if I'm at Walgreens or CVS, I'll hear that. Number nine, Battlefield by Jordan Sparks. Number eight, Anything by Jewel. Who Will Save Your Soul by Jewel specifically, but if I hear a different Jewel song, I will be excited. Number seven is How Will I Know by Whitney Houston. I'm a big Whitney fan. There are a bunch of Whitney songs that I love. That is one of my favorites. Number six is Boston by Agastana. Number five is As Long As You Love Me by Backstreet Boys. I feel like you'll also hear Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely or maybe Quit Playing Games With My Heart. But out of those three, I have to go with As Long As You Love Me. Number four, If I Were a Boy by Beyonce. Number three, I Hope You Dance by Leanne Womack. It's not one we hear often, but when we hear it, when we're pushing that grocery cart, when we hear it, we're ready. We are ready to lip sync that song to death. Number two, How to Save a Life. Come on, How to Save a Life by The Fray. Easily one of my top 10 songs of all time. Grocery store, it is up there. And then number one, I Have to Go with Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. And I don't think that's how you pronounce your last name, but that's how it's spelt and that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Torn is just such a good song just to scream sing to. Whenever it comes on the radio and I'm driving, I'm like, thank God, I really needed this. And you never know you need to scream sing to the song Torn until you scream sing to the song Torn. So Alexa, play Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. If I just triggered your Alexa, I can't apologize for it. You're welcome. Just scream sing the song. You're gonna feel better, I promise. Now every week I do want to talk about Teen Mom and I do want to talk about The Challenge. Those are two reality shows I still very much watch. I still, I don't know if I enjoy Teen Mom, but I still watch it. 
I will say this past episode actually was really, really hard to watch for me. Basically, if you're not familiar with the background, Ryan, Macy's ex-boyfriend, who is Bentley's father, is an addict and his family have been really bad enablers and he even threatened to like kill Taylor and then tried to say that that's not what he said and there should not be any kind of restraining order against him, anything like that. Jen and Larry have always been cool with Macy until recently, so it seems, and I'm kind of wondering, oh, so we'll get into that. Basically, there was a really long scene with Jen and Larry, and it's the scene that really took my whole attention from the show. So I guess before this scene, sorry, I'm kind of jumping jumping all over the place. Before this scene, Ryan was saying how he feels bad that Bentley's being raised by someone like Macy. He's basically saying that he doesn't really want a relationship with Bentley because of Macy. And it was really, really hard to watch. And his family's just sitting around him, like, nodding their head, agreeing. And I understand there are some moments where you don't want to fight and likely don't want to fight on TV. But Ryan actually said he wasn't going to film MTV anymore. But again, MTV money talks, so that's why he's there. But Ryan was going on this giant rampage about how Macy triggers his drug use and how she's just a big trigger for him. And everyone was kind of like, yeah, she is not fair to you. And it was really just difficult. And of course, there are a lot of things that we don't see. But we do know that the relationship between Macy, Jen, and Larry has really shifted. So Jen and Larry had a scene together on the couch and they were kind of going back and forth. And Larry, of course, is sticking up for Ryan. And he brought up Bentley and he was like, you know what I said to Bentley? You know what I told him? And this really shocked me just because I always felt like Jen and Larry were actually not bad. And I don't think they're bad people. I don't. I think that they don't know how to deal with someone who's an addict in their life and they're trying to baby him rather than deal with the issue at hand. That is what I see from my end. I am not a doctor. I'm not a professional. But again, that's what I see. So Jen and Larry, they're speaking and Larry goes, you know what I told Bentley? I said, you're my grandson and I love you more than anything. But if you think for one second you're going to turn me against my only son, you are sorely mistaken. He said that to his grandson, who's like 12 or however old he is. I keep getting his name wrong. He's definitely like 11 or 12. And he's just like gaslighting Bentley. He's like, you know, you're never going to take my son, like my son's place. He's a good guy, good dad. Your, Your mom's the issue. Larry didn't say all that. That's how I'm saying he said it. But Bentley's going to him just trying to be like, hey, grandpa, whatever he calls him. I do want a relationship with you, but I want my dad to go to therapy first. I want my dad to go to therapy with me before that. So one thing that I actually did not like in this episode, basically, Bentley gets picked up from therapy. Macy asks if he wants to talk about it. He says no. So what does Macy do? She calls his therapist and puts it on speaker so everyone can hear. I did not like that. That was a moment where I was kind of like, ooh, like maybe just keep that for you. That's like a that's like a for you moment. Of course, they share their lives on TV. There are some things that they have to show. But that was probably the only time I've ever kind of looked at Macy and been like, why did you do that? Because Macy and Chelsea are my favorite teen moms. I think a lot of people have that same feeling. I can't really tell you anything else that happened that episode. I know that sounds bad. Corey went to the challenge. But yeah, I can't really. Amber, Amber, um, it was suggested that Amber moved onto Gary's property. And Christina was kind of like, what? But... It would help her be closer to Leah. And then Caitlin and Tyler could honestly be doing anything. I don't know what they're doing. They they have really bored me lately. But the Macy and Ryan scenes always kind of trigger something in me. I don't know what it is. 
But I do feel bad for Bentley. I do think it's really awesome that he is getting the help that he thinks he needs, though. Being a boy in general, I see it with my brother, you know. If he gets upset with something, he'll say, no, 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 I, I'm fine. I don't need to talk to anybody. And boy, I feel like a lot of boys aren't open to go to therapy. Boys and men, I'm sorry. I, I always say boys and girls. I'm sorry. That's probably not a cool thing to do. But a lot of males kind of see therapy as a weakness, and I don't see it that way. So being able to just watch Macy be so encouraging for him to go to therapy, Therapy, watching Bentley actually do the therapy. I think I think it speaks wonders. I think it's incredible. As far as the challenge goes, I really liked this last challenge that they did with the mud and trying to hide the fact that you found the, I don't know what it is, the little metal bar in the middle of the mud. I thought it was really good. I liked how Nam hid it, that he was acting like he didn't have it. I'm glad that he outsmarted Fessy and Josh. Of course, CT found it. CT's a legend. CT's one of my favorites. And then Teresa and Cam for the girls found it. And I really like Teresa. I think Teresa's bringing like an OG component to the game. I know a lot of people are calling her moves sneaky and whatever, but I don't, I mean, yeah, they're sneaky. But again, that's just the challenge. I still wish that they showed more like, even cast members like making out, there were a bunch they didn't show. There was a bunch of stuff that they haven't shown, like Michi and Amber M. There were videos of them making out in previews. It seemed like this season a lot of people were going to hook up, and I'm sure they did. And MTV's just like, no, we are a competition show. I'm like, no, please let them get drunk and let them be like Katie Doyle, please. Maybe I'm in the minority on that. But the challenge is still one of my favorite shows, even if I complain about it. Understand that it, I still love it. I'm still going to watch it every single week. But I'm rooting for CT. I'm rooting for Anissa. And because I'm rooting for them, they're probably gonna go home next with my luck. It's also said that they are doing a reunion for the New York season of The Real World. So that'll be interesting to see how it goes, if they do it with all the seasons. I'm all about that. I never watched Real World New York because I was way young when it came out. So it'd be cool to kind of see where they ended up. I'm sure I'd recognize some of them from like early challenge years, but other than that, probably not. This may be kind of a spoiler alert, but I wanted to let you guys know that the OG challengers are coming back. I hope it's a good challenge. I hope it's not just like a fun little thing like they did with Champs vs. Stars. But I'm going to tell you who is going to be on the cast. There are a few people. I'm not sure who they are. But I'm going to give you the names right now. So get ready. Anissa, Beth, Jemmy, Trishel, Katie. Katie's coming back. I cannot wait for Katie Doyle. Kendall Shepard who uh, has a baby with Josh Henderson. Look into that if you're bored. Kelly Ann Judd, Ruthie's coming back. Joanna's coming back. Darrell, Mark, Alton, a guy named Yes, who I don't remember. Nehemiah, Cyrus, Ace, Derek, Tech, and Big Easy. Those are the names that I have. There are a few other people. I know Kahuta and Cook were both supposed to be on, but they actually dropped out. So I'm excited, I'm excited. I hope that it is a really fun season. All right, now we're at brunch. Now we're at brunch. Open up that water you're taking a sip out of as you drive. Open up that bottle of champagne you have chilling in the fridge. And if you're home, I know you've been waiting for this moment all week. Let's get into some pop culture bullshit. How about that? What a weird way to open that up. Like maybe I should find a different way to open it up. <laughs> but I wanted to start off with a rapper named Lil Uzi Vert. I must admit, I know nothing about this man, but I found out that he got a $24 million diamond planted in his head. So there is that. 
And I feel like that's trouble. Like putting something like that in your forehead is asking to be decapitated, right? And I know that sounds fucked up. I know the way I said that definitely sounds fucked up. But like, I remember Mila Kunis was talking about how she doesn't even wear her wedding ring because she's afraid someone will chop off her hand for it. So all I can think of is this is a very bad idea, very bad way to spend your money. And whoever's up there, whether it's God, whether whoever is listening, I promise you, if you bless me with $24 million, I will not get a jewel implanted in my forehead. That is something I can promise you. Now, in news I did not expect this week, Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter are going to participate in celebrity boxing. They are going to box one another. I use the term celebrity very loosely, but apparently they'll be fighting on June 12th in Atlantic City. So if you are anywhere near Atlantic City, I guarantee you should buy those tickets right now and you should go and be an on-site reporter for me, please. All I know is Lamar Odom is 6'10", Aaron Carter 6'1". Aaron has been trying to get Justin Bieber to box him for the last, I don't know, few months. But Lamar Odom apparently took the bait and those two are gonna... They're going to box it out. I don't know whether to laugh or cry about this. So I'm just going to say it's definitely going to be something. Now, before I get into this next topic, I want to say it's a trigger warning. I'm going to be talking about Marilyn Manson and Evan Rachel Wood. Again, trigger warning. Now, I don't know if you remember, but Evan started dating Marilyn when she was just 19 years old. He was 38 at the time, and it was just after he and Dita Von Teese split. Now, back in 2018, Evan Rachel Wood spoke to Congress about a past relationship and how abusive it was. She never named Marilyn as her abuser, but I thought it was kind of obvious. I always felt like it was kind of not talked about enough, almost swept under a rug. And then she started posting on Instagram about it, and other victims have come forward, and they're all really taking a stand against Marilyn Manson and everything that he did to them, and I support these women 100%. Marilyn has, of course, denied the allegations that he abused Evan in any way, shape, or form. He's been dropped by his label, dropped by his management company, and I guess we'll see how this all plays out. I'm going to assume it's going to be taken to court, but I always give people credit when they speak up for injustice that they have faced, and obviously I'm going to believe the victims on this one, Evan Rachel Wood. I think it's really incredible that she's come out and spoke about this. Dita Fontes did come out and say that she never experienced that kind of abuse with Marilyn, but she did say that alcohol abuse and temperament was a reason why they did divorce. So she kind of like skirted around it, but I feel like she kind of said she like she's not surprised or something. Also, Army Hammer's wife spoke out, ex-wife, I'm sorry, her, his ex-wife Elizabeth Chambers spoke out. And she basically said that she's taking time to heal, but she hears the victims and she believes them. And on Dumois, Dumois, I never know how to say it. It's the Instagram that posts like non-vetted blinds. They did say that there's a big post coming out about Army Hammer. So it will be very interesting to see what happens if there is some big LA Times or New York Times type of expose on all of this. Now we're gonna talk about Morgan Wallen. Oh, Morgan Wallen. That's all I can say about this man. And I haven't liked Morgan for a while. I mean, his music is fine, but his personality definitely needs work. Over the weekend, Morgan, over last weekend, I should say, Morgan was caught using the N-word after a night out. Apparently, he and his friends were wasted, making a ton of noise, yelling. And what happened? His neighbor started to record him and recorded him dropping the N-word like it was just another cuss word that he uses in his daily life. Basically, he said, he was like, take care of that motherfucker. Make sure you take care of that motherfucker to whoever. Then he changed it up and changed it to make sure you take care of that 
pussy ass n-word and i want to know how much tmz paid that neighbor for that footage now obviously morgan's been problematic for a while he's known for being wasted around nashville and i mean me too so i'm not hating but i've i know people who live near his neighborhood around his neighborhood and they're always saying he has crazy parties he's always wasted in his truck trying to drive just like a ton of stuff but let's talk about what he's done since like may of last year he threw parties in his 12 south home when we were supposed to be on lockdown when bars opened up a few months ago he was arrested at kid rocks bar he promised to do better after that he continued to drink and party again whatever he opened up about how he had to grow up because he's now a father he was caught breaking covid protocol and making out with every college girl he could in alabama and then was kicked off SNL for breaking that COVID protocol. Again, he promised to be better. He stayed relatively quiet since the SNL thing. There were actually rumors that he went to rehab, but I can't confirm that. He ended up going on SNL, doing a great job. He released an album. He broke a whole bunch of Spotify records. And then he was caught using racial slurs. And now there have finally been some consequences to his actions. Now, I've talked about this on the podcast before. It doesn't matter if you're drunk. It doesn't matter if you're young. He's 27 and a father, by the way. A lot of people want to call him young. 27, I guess, is younger. But, I mean, if you use that word, it's unacceptable. And the way he used it, clearly he's very comfortable with that word. I had a conversation with someone, and honestly, they said he was drunk, so it's whatever. And I was like, um, I've been drunk many a times, and I've never just thrown that word around. Even my mom, who's an alcoholic, I have never heard her say that word. He did put out, like, a quick apology to do better. He's sorry for using that word. And I saw a tweet. It was like, he has more public apologies than he has hits, which definitely cracked me up. Kelsey Ballerini came out, and she said something to the effects of this is not Nashville and then Marin Morris was like actually this is Nashville this is what we have to deal with and if it was someone like me saying that we'd be canceled in a second but Jason Isbell and a bunch of other singers have spoken out against him a lot of people are still just saying Morgan's drunk and to me I'm just like stop making that excuse I will say country music came together very quickly on how they're going to deal with Morgan so CMT pulled all of his videos iHeart pulled his music The CMAs disqualified him from being nominated. His label suspended him, and a few people were like, why is he suspended? Why not just dropped? Well, if he's suspended, then he can't sign anywhere else. That's why they're not dropping him. They're likely going to hold him hostage for a bit until his contract's up. My guess, he'll end up going to rehab very, very soon. Just remember with how he said that word, like he definitely uses it behind closed doors. I do know that the NAACP of Nashville would like to meet with him and hopefully start an open door type of conversation where others can learn. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, I think he's going to end up apologizing again, then going to rehab and coming back within the next few months. End of the day, I think he needs to take some real responsibility, really be held accountable, and he needs to get out of his own way. And I don't know, because I wanted to talk about cancel culture Because I do feel like there are moments where people should be canceled. Army Hammer, canceled. No doubt. Someone like Morgan Wallen, okay, he has had a lot of issues. He's done a lot of dumb shit, and he's never had to deal with consequences, in my opinion. His biggest consequence was not being able to perform at SNL, but of course he was able to perform a few months later. So it wasn't even like, it it wasn't really taken away from him, I should say. I think I don't like how people have reacted to this. Uh, What did they do, right? They bought up all of his music to prove that they supported him. And I was like, not the hill to die on right now. Like, I may not like him. I won't listen to his music. You know, I will not support him as an artist. I know a lot of people still will. That is their choice. 
But I do think that there needs to be consequences for actions. I do think that if he takes this seriously, yeah, he could come back. You know, I don't think that this is a canceled forever type thing. But I do think it's a canceled for now, in my opinion. Um, his, his record label has made their choice. The country music world has definitely made their choice. I see people on Twitter really standing up for him. Which, you know, it's a little disheartening to hear that people are taking his side and all of that. I do hope that he learns from this. I don't want, I don't know if I, I mean, I do want to cancel Morgan Wallen. I don't think cancel culture is that bad. I know that's going to get me hate, I am sure. But I think if you give somebody so many chances and they keep doing the wrong fucking thing, yeah. Because if someone in my life, if I kept giving someone in my life, minus my mom, some like a lot of chances and they kept fucking up, they'd be canceled from my life. And again, I think it's just be your own gatekeeper when it comes to this stuff. If you don't want to support Morgan Wallen, don't. I don't support Morgan Wallen. And I think it's that simple. Like, you just got to be your own gatekeeper with it. And I hope he grows from it. But I also, I think it's really gross how people bought up his music just to show support. And and then someone was like, well, they filmed on his property. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. But like... Honestly, if my neighbors were being fucking loud, I would have called 911, so whatever. Those are my Morgan Wallen thoughts. In other country news, TJ Osborne from Brothers Osborne came out this week. He said he could no longer live a lie, and I think that's pretty incredible because a lot of country music is still stuck in the Stone Age, as I like to call it. But I think he's very brave for coming out, using his voice to maybe help others, and I'm gonna listen to Brothers Osborne now instead of Morgan Wallen. Now let's talk about Jana Kramer, shall we? Fucking Jana Kramer. <laughs> Jana Kramer is someone who I feel like is always in the news for like nothing. She's in the news for like celebrating that her husband cheated on her. Do you remember that weird anniversary post? She was like, it's the anniversary of when my husband cheated on me for the first time. Now, I have never listened to that podcast. I just, it's not interesting to me. So again, being my own gatekeeper, I don't listen to it. But James Lafferty, Stephen Coletti were on it and I really wanted to hear it. They've been on the podcast rounds. Not this one, but that's okay. And I wanted to listen to what they had to say about their show, their life after One Tree Hill. But the way Jana started it, she basically said there was one person who was a mean girl on the set. She actually didn't say mean girl. She said there was one person on set who was very clicky and made it known who you could be friends with. And that's why she wasn't friends with Mar- um, with James Lafferty. She then went on another podcast and said it was somebody who she didn't follow on Instagram and who has dated a lot of co-stars. That's Sophia Bush. She's talking about Sophia Bush. So let me talk about One Tree Hill real quick, okay? Let me get this off my chest. You guys know how much I love One Tree Hill. One of my top shows of all time. And before I was a Swifty, I was a fucking Sophia Bush fan. (laughs) But I did actually like put that to the side, right? I'm trying to see it from all angles. I've spoken to people who worked on the set. Some people said, yeah, Sophia Bush did have some diva-like tendencies. And then other people were like, no, Sophia was always cool. So again, different stories, but the way I feel about the One Tree Hill cast, I think there was a lot of toxicity on the set in general because of Mark Schwann, because of who Mark Schwann is as a person. He made that set miserable. He turned women against one another, and from what you know, Hillary Burton has said, he made sure the guys weren't very close to the girls. He tried to at least. I mean, I know that people dated on set, but also there's one thing that nobody wants to talk about. And before I talk about what nobody wants to talk about, I am going to say Jana came on 
right as Sophia and James broke up. And apparently they had a very bad breakup from what one person told me. Allegedly bad breakup. So yeah, maybe you don't want like someone you're friends with to like hang out with your ex-boyfriend that you just broke up with. I actually get that. But Janet and Sophia did live together. Sophia went to Jana's wedding with Jonathan. It starts with an S. I don't remember his last name. So they were very close, obviously. Let's talk about what no one wants to talk about. James Lafferty was best friends with Mark Schwann. Let's just throw that out there. I mean, he was really close with Mark. There are a lot of pictures of them together partying. That is why James was directing the Royals. And maybe, maybe, this is just me like being a crazy person in my head. Maybe Sophia did not want Janet to get close to James because James was close with Mark Schwann and Mark Schwann was making everybody's lives a living nightmare. To be honest, I think there were a lot of issues on that set created by the toxicity of the writer slash director on set. I think that's a fair thing to say. I don't think it's fair for Janet to start throwing like little digs and make people guess whether or not she's talking about Sophia Bush or not when there was so much toxicity on that set like people were being sexually harassed every day so yeah maybe Sophia wasn't the nicest person here and there maybe Hillary Burton had her off days maybe Bethany Joy Lenz didn't want to do whatever do you know what I mean he made those women's lives really difficult and a lot more difficult than they needed to be so that's how I feel about the One Tree Hill stuff that's how I feel about Janet Kramer I don't think it's very fair to use that as like a soundbite when you know it's going to get picked up by E, who's going to blow it up. But also, everyone on the, all the women on that set were being sexually harassed by the creator of it. So that's how I feel about it. I think the main issue will always be Mark Schwann. I'm not saying Sophia Bush doesn't have her moments or whatever. Like, I'd be dumb to say something like that. But I do think you got to give some people some grace when they're under that pressure from a boss. So yeah, that's how I feel about Jana Kramer. <laughs> The interview with James and Stephen, though, it was fine. I feel like they didn't talk about too much. Um, Stephen was asked about Kristen. Stephen got annoyed being asked about Kristen. You could tell he was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to talk about that again. So overall, not a bad interview. I think that the soundbite that Jana chose to really promote was kind of a shady business for her um, because, I mean, she came on so much later, too. So even if people were clicky, they already worked together for like six or seven years so maybe that's why, you know, it was kind of like, we already have our friends. We're already being sexually harassed by our boss. We already know who we can trust. And that is my rant. Now we are going to talk about The Hills episode, season four, episode two. It's called Drama Follows Them. So during the recap, Lauren talks about how she hoped for Lo and Audrina's friendship to mend, and it's not. It's still bad. It's no good. We are reminded that Kelly Catrone is very scary to work for. But Whitney is up for a challenge. Lauren's words, exactly. And even though Stephanie was Spencer's sister and she hadn't given me a reason not to trust her, unfortunately, that was about to change, is how Lauren ends the recap. You know, it's always a dramatic sentence. That was dramatic. We start the episode and they're in class at Fitum. Stephanie invites Lauren to her birthday party and Lauren's like, can I bring Doug? And Stephanie says, sure, yeah, you're dating. That's exciting, blah, blah, blah. But Stephanie then says that she hasn't spoken to Spidey in weeks, so she isn't sure if she wants them to come. She hasn't invited them. And Steph says drama follows them. And Lauren quickly goes, I think they chase it, which is absolutely true. This was the time when Spencer and Heidi were in like every magazine. 
This is when they were being talked about overload. And I don't know if you guys remember this. I've brought it up a few times here and there. But there was a point where E! News said they were no longer going to talk about Spidey. They were like, nope, we don't talk about them anymore. Chelsea Handler on Chelsea Lately called them Herpes 1 and 2 rather than their actual names just because they were everywhere. So that's kind of what I thought about when Lauren said that. Because at first I was like, ooh, harsh. And then I was like, no, they literally paid for paparazzi to follow them everywhere, so I get that. After that scene, we are at lunch with Doug and Lauren, and Doug is looking great. And immediately he says, you look nice, white's gorgeous on you. And Doug, that's a very brody thing to say. And Lauren wants to find their prom pics. Like, she's like, where are they? I know it was four years ago or however long, she says. And I can remember being so skeptical about this Doug fellow. I'm like, he did not go to Laguna Beach. He would have been on Laguna Beach. He's very good looking, even if he's older than Lauren. I know Lauren had said in the previous episode that he didn't go to Laguna High. He went to a different school. But they could have easily wrapped this all in one tiny bow if they let us know that Casey and Doug were actually brother and sister. Like, that would have made so much more sense. But after she mentions the prom pictures, Doug, he's like, oh, I found them. They're at, they're at my Laguna home. And he then asks about Lo and Audrina. And Lauren says, they talked and it was a disaster. It's such a disaster. And then he says, everyone in your life is hectic. Let, let's go do something fun. I have to work. Yeah, who cares? Don't go to work. You don't have to go to work. Let's go do something fun. And Lauren just goes again. She's like, I have to work. And Doug's like, I don't know. I'm really rich. I come from a rich family. I don't have to work. Let's do something fun and crazy. So Lauren then invites Doug to the birthday. And Doug always says the wrong things. Let me just make that clear. Because Lauren says, I don't get along with her brother. So hopefully he won't be there. What is Doug's response? Blood's thicker than water. He has an interesting voice. Doug has an interesting speaking voice. Next scene, we're at Epic Records, and Audrina is listing off albums or band names. I'm not sure, but they all sound fake. Kiara is basically her own Whitney, by the way. Kiara becomes Audrina's Whitney, and she asks what Audrina is doing tonight. We find out that Audrina is going to Steph's birthday party, and then Audrina says she's nervous because Lowe's going. And then gives Kiara the rundown of Lowe's lame apology. Kiara, we deserved more Kiara. Kiara was great. Rewatching, I'm a big Kiara fan. And she says, wait, wait, wait. She came to apologize to you, but it was really like a stab at your friends? And Audrina nods her head. And then Kiara says, I want to apologize for your friend's behavior is what she sounds like she was saying. Then they say something I've talked about a lot. And I've said it as a joke, but it's real. And Kiara says, it'll be Audrina versus Low. And Audrina says, brunettes versus light hair. Like, <laughs> could she not think of the word blonde in that moment? <laughs> but I've said this once, I've said this twice, and I swear that MTV hates brunettes or hated brunettes in the early 2000s. Because even on Laguna, like Christina and Morgan were very boring, when in reality, they weren't at all. And then Jessica and Alex M were like super disliked in the in Laguna season two. I guess they did give us Tessa, but she was boring as a brunette. Like MTV just did not like brunettes at the time. And <laughs> I stand by that. All right, now we are at People's Revolution. And it's kind of funny because I would think People's Revolution would be in a nice building and it kind of looks shitty. I don't know what area town it's in or anything. But it's not in any kind of nice building. Very much not a Teen Vogue vibe. But Whitney tells Lauren that she was invited to a dinner with Kelly and some of the big wigs from People's Revolution. She's nervous, but she's excited. And Lauren's like, why are you nervous? You're great at your job. And Whitney's like, yeah, but it's like big people. Like, obviously, I'm going to be nervous. 
So now that she's told us what she's up to, of course, it's time to ask Lauren what she's doing. And Lauren mentions Stephanie's birthday. And right away, Whitney's like, are Spencer and Heidi going? She said no. I mean, why would they not go? I'm not even going to try and understand their relationship. And Lauren's like, I'm nervous, but I don't think she's going to come or I don't think they're going to come. And then Whitney gets called away from Kelly upstairs, we believe, even though they said that Kelly wasn't in the office. It's okay. I'll pretend I didn't catch that production error. On to Don Antonio's. If there is one thing that we have lost throughout the years, at least it's not Spidey still eating at Don Antonio's. I like that they still go there. I don't know why. I think it's cute and charming. But Heidi's plastic surgery is very noticeable in this scene. And I don't know if it's lighting or what, but it's starting to show more. So Spencer picks up his phone and he says, it's Stephanie. She probably wants to see if we're rolling to her birthday. You think I want to be with Stephanie, who is friends with the person I despise more than anyone in this world? And now Heidi doesn't understand why Stephanie is friends with Lauren. Like, at first, I feel like Heidi used to try and kind of, like, hold her mouth or keep her mouth shut when it came to Lauren. But no way. She's not doing it anymore, that's for sure. She's vocally anti-Lauren at this point. But Heidi starts saying that they should at least make an appearance and Spencer says if she continues to be Team LC, she is totally done. He's not going to, like, be around her anymore. Now we are at the Audrina in the Lauren's home. And Stephanie is turning 22, we find out. Lo asks Lauren, and Lauren says she's the same age as us. She's going to be 22. Then Lo quickly says that she would actually be nervous if Spencer was to show up. And then quickly follows that up with, is Doug coming? Yes, who would have thought four years later? Well, who would have thought that we'd be going to Stephanie's birthday dinner? I trust people I shouldn't, and when they show me that I was right, I always get upset. I want to trust everybody, and Lo quickly says, well, you can't trust everybody. It was a really weird, <laughs> it's like a weird little moment that I don't think I fully even understood. But Audrina pops in and asks when they're leaving, and she basically says, I'll go, I'll have a drink, I'll hang out with you guys, but I don't think I'm going to stay very long. And we see that there's still tension between Lo and Audrina. The editing makes it very obvious, to say the least. We are then at the People's Revolution dinner and Kelly proposes a toast for all of their hard work. Jessica, who we've met a few times, looks furious. She looks really angry, really upset, really just over all of it. And Kelly wants to bring Whitney to the Waldorf in New York City. They're kind of talking about different things. And Kelly's like, I have to bring you there, Whitney. It's going to be great. Now, Kelly and Jessica end up fighting about reaching out to people or something. Again, I didn't fully catch the fight. I apologize. But they're bickering back and forth. And Kelly's basically saying that Jessica is not doing her job correctly. And she ends the dinner with, or not ends the dinner. They're still at dinner. But the scene ends with Kelly saying, if we don't do this, people are going to get cut. And she like looks right at Jessica. So we kind of know what's going to happen, but we're not 100% sure what's going to happen. I wonder if Jessica was already let go and then they were like, no, you have to come back so Kelly Catron can fire you again. Maybe that's why she looks so miserable. As always, we love a good driving moment and the Laurens are driving to Steph's birthday. Lauren says she loves birthday parties and then says she's going to text Steph real quick. So Doug is coming with Frankie and Brody. Lo asks, and in that moment, we should have been like, wait, what? Doug knows Frankie and Brody? And maybe we were like that in the moment 13 years ago. I can't fully remember. But Lo is excited that he's coming out. So again, Doug was already friends with like this whole group. He was already friends with Frankie, friends with Brody. And he was just ready to be kind of put on the show, I think. But Lauren mentions Audrina, then says, can't we all just get along? 
And Lo says, I mean, we're all getting along. We're going to Steph's birthday. I mean, we're not all getting along. Well, the ones who matter are getting along. And Lauren's reaction to that is like, what are you saying? What is wrong with you? They pull up to Boulevard 3 nightclub and the Laurens walk in. And as they do, there are two women sitting down giving them the dirtiest look. It's actually very funny. If you blink, you'll miss it. But it's right when they're walking into the club, there's two women sitting to the right. Like if you're looking at your TV, they're to the right sitting down. And the way they just glare at Lauren and Lowe is so funny. But they're all wearing dresses. I think Lowe might be a bit overdressed. But Steph can't wait to meet Doug, she says. And we remember in a few episodes, she really tries to meet Doug. But Audrina pops in looking amazing. Also, Kiara's with her. They're all giving each other hugs. And Frankie, Brody, and Doug end up showing up. It's so far so good. A fun night. And I do have a question. Did Brody get fillers on his jawline? Because his jawline is pretty intense. And he's always had a very nice one. But in this scene, he's, he has a jawline. But now I feel like his pictures now, he has the most intense jawline. And if anyone is familiar with filters, I am curious if he got like injections into his jaw to make it as strong as it is. Because I feel like that's, what throw, that's what's like throwing me off about his look lately. So the boys are all hugging everybody and Doug sits with Lauren. But what happens? What does Brody do? What does Brody do the second Doug sits next to Lauren? I'm going to let you take a guess. He says, Lauren, get over here and give me a hug. So then Lo looks at Audrina and she says, how are you? You look pretty. I'm good, Audrina says. And Lo quickly goes, I'm glad we talked. And I feel like Lo's trying, but maybe damage has already been done. But Audrina's like ice cold here. And again, I think Lo's trying. But as Jojo says, too little, too late. So within like five seconds, Spencer shows up with roughly 22 balloons. He's making a big scene so everybody knows he's there. And Lauren and Lo are genuinely shook. Again, Lauren refused to film with Spencer or Heidi. So they had to like surprise her whenever they were on any kind of scene together. It was always a surprise to Lauren. And Stephanie just goes, I thought you guys were ditching me. And Brody leaves dramatically after saying, look, I don't want any drama. I just want to go have fun and party. This is all drama. It's ridiculous. And again, he wants no drama, but he makes sure to be extra dramatic when he leaves. He brings Frankie with him, but Doug says he's staying back. He's like, no, I want to stay with you. Spencer, of course, says, can you get these obnoxious chicks away from us? Meaning Lo and Lauren. And Lo's like, let's just leave. Let's just leave. And they end up leaving. And Steph says, I'm surprised you showed up. And Spencer says, I think we surprised somebody else even more with like his nasty little tooth smile. We then get a quick look of Lauren and Doug leaving hand in hand. And we have high hopes for Doug. So after all of that drama, 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 Spencer shows up at Steph's apartment and he wants to talk about the night before. And Steph's like, it's just kind of weird. I didn't even know you were coming. So I'm going to play an audio clip between the two of them. In three, two, one. Today, you are still my sister, so I gotta go, you know, all we were was nice to you, and all of a sudden, you jump ship to the bad guys. I didn't jump ships. I feel like I was friends with everyone. There's no, when there's two ships, that's jumping ships. And in your head, you're peacemaker, and I want to be nice to everyone. And you got caught up, and I get that. It's like, woo it's fun, fun, I'm friends with everybody. Why can't we all just get along? You can't, it's like trying to tell Iran and Israel to get along. It's not going to happen. It's not about why or what she I know, did. I, just, I think you're more rash, and I'm more rational. Like, you'll jump to, like, whatever conclusion, but you won't listen. And, like, I was trying to, like, still be friends with you guys. and then I don't want to be friends with you. Do you get that? If you're choosing to be with this person, 
who you've known for three months? How long you know? How long have you known me? Twenty-two years. Yeah, we haven't gone along for twenty-two years. I didn't say that. You've known Elsie for three months. Why should I stop being friends with her if we've been getting along? We're brother and sister. At the end of the day, I can't change. I can't make you un my sister. Trust me, if I could in the past, I would have. That's like the most like hurtful thing. I don't want to see you. I don't want to hang out with you. Like as long as you're rolling around with that posse, you have nothing to do with my. I can't lie. I can't make you un my sister is one of Spencer's best lines of all time. So we are back at People's Revolution and Kelly seemingly fires somebody on the phone. We don't really know, but someone on the phone, she's like, okay, well, you're done. Click. We find out that Kelly fired Jessica after she calls Whitney up. Whitney takes a seat with her and she's like, well, I just let Jessica go for not pulling her weight. And she offers Whitney the position and a job in New York. She's like, you know, you'd basically be my shadow and you'd bring a voice from New York to the LA office. Kelly basically says that she needs to delegate more. She's like, that's something you're working on and that is something we will continue to work on. But I wouldn't make plans for the next couple months because you'll be living by coastal is what she says to Whitney. And we love this for Whitney. Obviously, we're going to be sad if she takes it. We're not 100% sure if she is going to take it. But Whitney seems really excited about this potential role. We end this episode at Fitum and Steph rolls in as she sits next to Lauren and starts apologizing for Spidey. And Lauren's being cold towards her. Lauren doesn't believe her. It wasn't sincere or genuine. I don't even know what to do with them anymore. I don't want you to think I betrayed your trust. And she feels like she's losing both. You can kind of tell on Stephanie's side. She wants to be friends with both. She's realizing that she's not going to be able to be friends with both. That's going to be difficult for her. But Lauren's kind of like, you know, we have everybody saying that I shouldn't be friends with you. And I just want to prove them wrong. But you're starting to prove them right. Or something to that effect. And you can tell Stephanie's kind of like, eek, I don't want Lauren mad at me. But that is how we end the episode. And yeah, it's a pretty good one. I think it's a good one to set up the rest of the season. And as always, we love the drama, 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 don't we? So one thing I was asked to talk about was the lack of diversity on Laguna Beach and the hills. Now, I was obviously not some kind of producer, not a casting anything, just a fan watching. And to be honest, I feel like that was an issue that went through a lot of different shows, not just Laguna in the hills. As I'm posting more throwback shows, I'm really noticing the lack of diversity in most shows that I watched, whether it was Boy Meets World, One Tree Hill, Gossip Girl, The O.C. Unfortunately, there just wasn't a lot of representation. And obviously, we've grown from that, which I think is really great. I think that we are moving in the right direction. And unfortunately, the early 2000s, most shows didn't have diversity or enough, in my opinion. It almost seemed like they were just trying to check a box, adding somebody. But I will say I spoke to Cammie about this, and I can't remember if she said it on the live with Kendra and her or the live where she just joined me over quarantine, and that is on the podcast if you want to listen to that. The Cammie Alone live is there, and then the Kendra and Cammie live is on the Laguna Beach YouTube channel. But she basically said that there just wasn't a lot of diversity in the town to begin with. Laguna was a predominantly white town. They didn't leave people out on purpose or anything like that. And it kind of reminded me of the town I grew up in. I think it's like 96% white or something. So I never even noticed anything different, right? These shows, I related to them. They're about small towns, predominantly white towns. 
And I can't imagine being somebody who doesn't fit that description and watching these shows and just kind of being like, where, where's my representation? I mean, I was always heavier and I was kind of like, how come it's always like the funny fat friend where that was my biggest issue, but I was still, you know, being represented on different shows. As far as the Hills go, I do think that they should have tried to add newer people to the reboot. I mean, if they're gonna put Misha, they could easily find someone else to be cast on the show as well. I can't speak for the Hills, I don't really know. I know that Heidi was actually asked about it and I'm not sure if it was during like a Vogue or I'm probably not Vogue, but maybe like a Cosmo interview. And they asked her, they were like, you know, there's a no diversity on the Hills. And she said, she was like, well, you know, we do have friends who are African-American and are Hispanic. And that's her words. She's like, I'm trying to quote her as best as I can. And then she was kind of like, but they're not on the show. But on the show, we do have like blondes and brunettes. So that's where Heidi is when it comes to accurate representation, apparently. But I think the Hills did drop the ball on the second time around. Again, I'm not trying to make an excuse for a lack of diversity. I just think in the early 2000s, there wasn't a ton of it, unfortunately. And as someone who wasn't exposed to a lot of diversity, it took until I went to college to even have someone who wasn't white in one of my classes. Like all through high school, all my classes were all white, which is absolutely insane. And I do think that we are taking steps in the right direction. I think that there are more shows that have a lot of different cultures represented. But again, as it comes to Laguna in the Hills, I know Laguna was a predominantly white town and that's something Cami said, like I said, you can listen to her interview. As far as the Hills, I'm not sure. I know that they had Frankie, but that's about it. I do, like I said again, I do think they dropped the ball when it came to the reboot. But that's, that's something, again, I keep like repeating myself. That's something that has obviously been an issue for a long time. And I do think that with teen dramas especially, we are foot in the right direction. I know like this season of The Challenge is the most diverse season they've ever had. So I guess we will just see what happens in the future. I hope that answered the question. I know I kind of took a couple detours, but I guess I don't know the answer to The Hills. I really only know the kind of the answer in the Laguna world. So Kristen Cavallari is playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Two things happened this week that involved Miss Kristen Cavallari to get people talking about her. In case you missed it, Uncommon James did some kind of Valentine's like fill in the blank type of thing. She simply wrote J when it came to the name and immediately everyone was like, this must mean her and J are back together. I knew it. No sillies. It was for Jeff Dye, her boyfriend of a few months. I know People Magazine said that they were both single and meaning J and her, but no, her and Jeff have been pretty serious since at least October, maybe before then, and they definitely never broke up. That was just a People Magazine thing. But Jeff put the Valentine's Day thing in his story too, just like to confirm that they are in fact together, they're still together no matter what People Magazine says. And again, Kristen gets people talking about absolutely nothing. She has this eating out of her hand and she absolutely loves it. I don't care what anybody says. Another thing that happened, I guess I am going to talk about Madison, but just for a second. So obviously all the Madison and A-Rod news came out and Justin Anderson posted a workout video to them working out to some J-Lo song. And I don't, I didn't really see it being talked about but Kristen did and she put up some story and it was like, I, I forget what it even said. It was like, I'm sick of people using my name as clickbait. I never asked to be a part of this Peace. <laughs> I don't know. It was something like that. And I guess to me, I'm always kind of like, stop leaving us breadcrumbs then, Kristen. 
Stop putting out little hints and then telling us we're crazy. Stop gaslighting us, Kristen. But again, I got people talking and I wouldn't have even known about the video. I do follow Justin, but I think I just liked the video. I didn't even listen to it, but she posted something about it. So definitely piqued my interest. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of the Kristen Cavallari no news of the week. Other than she is in Los Angeles filming cameos for The Hills. She's not gonna be on a bunch of episodes. I think she's gonna be in two or three. Maybe not even that, maybe just one, but that's why she is in LA right now. She's ready to push that Uncommon James merch. Some other news, there's no real tea here, but Jason and his wife Ashley announced that they're expecting their second child. You guys know I love Jason. I think we all love his glow up. Ashley seems like a super great fit for him and just congratulations to the Waller family. And speaking about the Hills filming, it looks like the reboot is starting to wrap up on season two. Spencer and Brody have been together a lot. I'm guessing that Brody is like main character of this season. We all know that he was the reason production halted because he refused to leave Malibu to film. Again, we know he is royalty in Malibu. I'm not sure if Whitney will be a part of it. Um, she doesn't seem to film with the cast, but I've heard her recaps and she doesn't go in very hard on Spidey. Yes, I finally listened to her recaps after you all shamed me, <laughs> but she doesn't go in super hard on Spidey. So to me, I'm assuming she's trying to keep the peace in case she wants to go back and be on the reboot. And Brody did promise that this season was going to be great. So take that for what you will. So let's talk about framing Britney Spears. I cannot lie. On Saturday night, I decided to take an edible watch Framing Britney Spears, and then go to sleep for 11 hours. It was beautiful. Yes, I am 420 friendly. I don't really smoke ever, but this was edible. It had been a rough few days, and I was like, just give me one. But anyway, I watched it, and I don't think I was that surprised. I feel like I knew everything that they went over. Obviously, the way the media treated Britney was absolutely disgusting. I mean, talking about her breasts, talking about her virginity, and then, like, the way the paparazzi stalked her ass. I remember it, but I guess I didn't realize how bad it was. Like, I remember all the pictures they were showing, but I don't remember her, like, crying and all that. It's so hard to watch because you watch this Britney who is so full of life, and now it's just scary. The way that Britney acts isn't right, and I think we all know that. So her personal assistant, Felicia, talked about her a lot and she was like I loved Britney basically I was hired because Britney's family couldn't spend time with her on the road because they had a daughter like that kind of thing in that kind of thing meaning yes Jamie Lynn Spears was really young so they had to stay back with her Felicia worked with Britney and Britney they didn't talk about a lot of other stuff that Britney went through with like Lou Pearlman and just a few deeper things they didn't talk about it at all actually but I think they wanted to keep it facts only and they did talk about Justin Timberlake a bit and basically said he got famous because of misogyny. And not famous, maybe, but like his solo career really took off because of misogyny. And I agree with that. I don't think Britney was treated fairly. I don't think that Janet Jackson was treated fairly. I've talked about Justin a lot. You guys know I think Justin Timberlake is trash. I mean, I think that he's really talented. But I do think that he's used women and screwed over women to get where he's at, which I really hate. But the documentary overall, it left me feeling really angry. I was really upset. And they interview a paparazzi, and it's actually the paparazzi that she attacked with an umbrella. And when you don't know the backstory, you're kind of like, oh, like, she was just set off by something. No, she was sick of the paparazzi following her. And she asked them to stop. And they were laying on top of her car. And it was just complete chaos. And finally, she got out. 
beat the shit out of the paparazzi's car. And then, of course, that spiraled into more things with her being put in a 5150 hold and all of this other stuff. Needless to say, Brittany asked the paparazzi to stop. Brittany kept asking the paparazzi to stop and to leave her alone. And when they asked the paparazzi in the documentary, you know, why didn't you stop? He was like, Brittany never told us to stop. And the person interviewing literally said, what about when she said, please stop? And he was like, well, she just meant for like the day. She didn't mean all the time. Like I said, it's a really difficult documentary. It's really sad to see how much we ruined Britney's life. And we, meaning the public in general, the fact that people were allowed to get away with the things that they said to her, the fact that, you know, Diane Sawyer kept like kind of slut shaming her in her way. And I've never heard a bad thing about Britney. And Jeff and I talked about that last week. But I really, really hope that Britney can get out of this conservatorship because she is not only paying her own lawyers to get her out of the conservatorship, she's paying the lawyers keeping her in the conservatorship. And it's fucking insane that this woman is an icon. I don't care if you don't think she can sing. I don't really give a fuck. She has the X factor. No one will ever be another Britney. There will never, ever be another Britney Spears. She is an icon. She shifted the pop music. And I think it's really disgusting what has happened to her. And I really hope that she can find the happiness, can find the freedom to just maybe even get away from the spotlight. I've always thought Britney doesn't want to be famous anymore. She just wants to be a mom. So hopefully with this documentary, with it picking up way more steam, like the Free Britney movement, I know before when I talked about it, I tried to kind of skirt around it just because... I didn't want any trouble. I don't know. But now I think it is safe to say that that Britney deserves better, that we didn't do Britney good. (laughs) Like we did Britney very dirty. The media did. And I really hope that at some point there is a public apology from somebody to Britney Spears because again, we just, we, we treated her like shit and she gave us so much. And now she can't even like go to Starbucks without somebody at, without asking for $10 when she is a complete millionaire. She's worth so much money. But yeah, Framing Britney Spears is on Hulu. I know it's also on YouTube. I definitely recommend you watch it. Um, it was really sad. It made me furious though. Like I was just angry the whole time. And now as we wrap up the podcast, we are going to talk about some unqualified advice that you guys asked me about. The first question I had was, how do you deal with a good friend ghosting you? In what perfect time? Because I'm currently going through this. Um, there was someone who I was really close with. We hung out almost every weekend and then out of nowhere, they just stopped contacting me and I was kind of like, Oh, what the fuck? Like, I'll just text first. Like whatever. I have no, I'm not gonna be like petty. So I would text them first and it would be like one word answers, really short answers. When I said, I miss you, let's hang out. I never got a response saying like, yeah, let's hang out. And basically I sat on it. I stayed really upset about it. So I was like, okay, fine. Let me just ask. So I asked her if she was mad at me. They said, no, you know, I'm not mad at you. I've just been busy. I'm trying to be healthier, trying to save money. And then I texted and I was like, well, if you want, I can do, we can do like home cooked dinner or something and just have water. Like I'm not drinking as much either. No response. So it's really hard. Friendship breakups are really, really hard, especially when they come out of nowhere. But I think this is something I think is really important. If you aren't happy anymore in the friendship, it's probably for the best. I think that 
Friendships are a lot of work. And I always say I'm a friend who requires a decent amount of attention, but I try and be a really good friend back. I never try and be a one-sided friend, if that makes sense. So if someone's ghosting you, if it's really bothering you, I would say ask them what you did wrong. If they give you some bullshit excuse, then be like, all right, whatever. This person's clearly going through something and I can't really help them. It's that simple. And maybe, maybe it was a blessing in disguise as people, as my mother would say, right? Like there, it's a blessing in disguise that this person isn't really talking to you. Another person asked me about a toxic work environment and I would say go to HR if you can. I know not everyone is comfortable with their HR. I feel like HR is sometimes only there to make sure the company doesn't get sued. If you go to them with a complaint, the company can't get sued about it, then they're just going to leave it. But I would say go to HR if you can and also just like focus on you. Try your best just to focus on your work. And if it does become too much, start looking for a new job. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think people are starting to hire again. So definitely look for a new job. It sucks when you actually really like your work. But I always say people don't leave jobs. They leave bosses or managers or whatever. People leave the culture of the company. Another person asked me for advice on starting a podcast. I feel like I'm still learning like 88 episodes in. I'm still learning what a podcast is, how to run a podcast, how to do all these things. I know I'm not great with my sound still, but I definitely think that you just got to do it. I would suggest making an Instagram first. That would probably be the best thing just to kind of have a brand going. I started my podcast when I had like 20K or 30K. So I already had that following and I was like, okay, I think people will listen But definitely just like figure out what you want to do and be consistent. I try and always make sure I post on Monday night just so the listeners who are overseas can listen to it right when they wake up. And then I start promoting on Tuesday. So yeah, just make sure you have a solid brand voice and your first few episodes aren't going to be great and that's okay. I mean, my first few episodes are rough and it's funny. I was looking at one. It was only like 20 minutes long. I'm like, wow, we've come a long way. <laughs> Another person asked for advice on wanting to go off on someone on the internet for being dumb, but not doing it. Honestly, just give yourself a pat on the back for that. I have been like pretty good about not fighting people on the internet But this week I snapped, I ended up fighting with this girl on a Facebook group. And after I was just kind of like, oh, (laughs) like that wasn't necessary. I actually felt better, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. How to not be so sensitive slash emotional. I think that's really hard. I just, I feel like you need to realize what's worth getting upset over and maybe putting that to the side and staying upset about that one thing. I don't know, I'm a very emotional person. I'm very sensitive, so I'm not the best for advice when it comes to this. I just think I've been better at being like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what they think of me, it just matters what I think of me. And even though like I still get one mean review and I'm like, fuck, but I don't spiral as hard, So I think that's progress. That's one thing with everything in your life. It's progress, not perfection. And I'm pretty sure that is from Al-Anon where I learned that. As long as you are still moving forward, that is what's important. That's what really matters. And I know the last couple weeks I've talked about mental health and how I haven't been doing so well. But this past week, you know, like I said, it was hard. But I really tried to focus on the good. And that's something people have told me for years. And I'm like, leave me alone. I want to be negative. But I'm doing, I'm trying really, really hard to focus on the good. I mean, as hard as last week was, my mom, who has been an addict for 20 years, so as long as I can remember, 
finally decided to get the help she needs. And I think that's incredible. I think that's beautiful. So that's the that's what I'm holding on to going into this week, right? Like, I feel like right now nothing could really shake me because I've wanted this my whole life. I'm finally getting it. And I'm like, okay, all right. Like, even even if I am having friend issues like I talked about, even if I am having issues at work, like at least that one thing I can hold on to. So maybe, maybe if you're struggling, and this is just me going off, nobody asked me this, but maybe if you're struggling, just remember that, you know, one good thing could happen. One good thing could happen because this past week has been really hard. I have cried a lot. I have felt like I can't get out of bed. But just just try so hard to look at the good and always listen to music that makes you happy. Music really pumps me up. Higher Love by Whitney and Kygo. Like that song just turns my frown upside down, as lame as that sounds. But that's what I have for you this week on Unqualified Advice. As always, I'll put up the questionnaire. If you guys have anything you want me to talk about specifically, I'm happy to do it. Oh, one other person did ask about fuckboys. If you're seeing a fuckboy and you know that he is, in fact, a fuckboy, drop it now. Drop it now before those feelings get in there, because once those feelings come, it's a real bitch, right? It's very hard to get rid of. So if you're already knowing he's a fuckboy, if you're already telling me he's a fuckboy, drop his ass. You don't need a Brody Jenner in your life. And we are rounding this episode out with my review of the halftime show. Honestly, I wasn't thinking much of it. I was kind of like, oh, the weekend, like whatever. I'm not into it, but I am very into the weekend. I would like to formally apologize to the weekend because he did a really great job. Um, now I want to see the weekend in concert. Like, I'm just going to stream the weekend all week. <laughs> but he did great. My favorite song by him is The Hills, which is kind of funny, of course. And then also his Drunken Love remix. I absolutely love it. You know, he's someone who can sing about, like, coke and just make it sound cool and make it sound fun. <laughs> but I know he put, like, 11 million of his own dollars into this halftime show, and it was great. It kept me entertained the whole time. I really liked The weekend. He was snubbed by the Grammys, as we know, but he absolutely crushed this performance, and I bet he made a lot more fans because of this performance. All right, guys, well, that is all I have for this week. I hope you have an awesome week. I will talk to you next week. Maybe we'll have a guest next week. Who knows? I'm trying to do a week with a guest, a week without a guest, kind of go on and off just because it is a lot of work to try and figure out schedules and everything like that. But I also like it to be a little special treat. But I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for, you know, hanging out for an hour a week. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you all next week. Again, thank you for subscribing, reviewing, all of that fun stuff. It helps boost the charts. So maybe one day we can be in like top 10. I have faith that one day we will be in the top 10. But again, I hope you guys have an awesome week. And I will talk to you later. Bye.